you may or you may not be familiar with the Amish religion. But you have no doubt at some point or another heard of them. The Amish are a very strict religious sect. They're concentrated primarily in Ohio and Pennsylvania. And one of the things the Amish people are known for is their simple living, their simple lifestyle, and their plain way of dressing. And they eschew modern trends in clothing and mostly black clothing. The Amish people consider that working hard is a godly thing to do. And because they consider hard work to be a godly thing, they have been very reluctant to adopt many conveniences of modern technology. For example, machines such as automatic floor cleaners to be used in a barn. Those have been rejected by the Amish because it provides too much free time for young farmhands to have. And young farmhands don't need a lot of free time, they think. And so because of this reluctance to adopt modern technology, the vast majority of the Amish people are quite unfamiliar with the things that you and I take for granted. For example, I read of an Amish boy and his father who went to the city for the very first time. And everything they saw in the city, it just caused their mouths to drop open. It filled their eyes with wonder and amazement. Because they had grown up and spent all their lives on a rural farm. They had traveled to the city in a horse and buggy. Everything was unfamiliar and new to them. They stopped in front of a skyscraper, 75 stories tall. The father and the son left mom in the buggy and they went inside this large building. And as they entered this 75-story skyscraper, they encountered a large bank of elevators. They'd never seen anything like that before. And they were fascinated by those shiny doors that would open apart and come back together and open apart and come back together. And this father and this Amish father and his and son were just spellbound by it. And they stood there and the son said, Dad, what is that? He said, Son, I've never seen anything like that in all my life. I have no idea what that is. Well, they watched as a rather large, very plain, middle-aged lady stepped inside one of those little rooms and the shiny doors closed behind her. And after about a minute and thirty seconds, those doors opened again. And out stepped a young lady of about 25. A vision of beauty and loveliness like you had never seen before in your life. 
That old Amish farmer's eyes got as big as silver dollars and they bugged out. And he punched his son. He said, son, go get your mom. I'm going to run her through that thing one time. Now, quite obviously, we know that there is nothing like that that can make a change like that in a person's appearance. I can assure you if there was, I'd find one of those contraptions and step into it before the sun set tonight. But, you know, there is someone we can go to that will change our lives. And that someone is Jesus Christ. I remember hearing one time about a group of people they were having a discussion about the various miracles of Jesus. And this one individual in the group said, Well, you know, I really reject those miracles of Jesus. I really have a hard time understanding, and I just can't believe that Jesus could actually take water and turn it into wine. And there was a woman in the group, and she spoke up, and she said, I've seen Jesus do greater things than turn water into wine. She said, I've seen Jesus take a worthless drunk and change him into a faithful and loving husband. You see, folks, it's just downright amazing what God can do with a man or a woman. Think about Saul of Tarsus. If ever a man's life was transformed, it was Saul's. And the exciting thing about it is, when you know the life of Saul and you read the life of Saul, if God can change Saul's life, He can change my life. And He can change your life too. God's strength is no less today in the 21st century than it was way back then in the first century. God's purpose is no different today than God's purpose was back then. There are many folks today, a whole lot of folks today, that have never realized what they can become if they would only be willing to let God take charge and let God rule in their lives. We're first introduced to Saul of Tarsus in Acts chapter 7 and Acts chapter 8. Stephen is being stoned to death. And those who are casting the stones at Stephen are laying their clothes down at the feet of a young man by the name of Saul, a Pharisee by the name of Saul. And it says that Saul is consenting to his death and He's part of the persecution. Dr. Luke says that he made havoc of the church. And he cast people into prison. And those that were persecuted were scattered abroad. Saul was entering into houses. He was taking men and women who were Christians. He was committing them to prison. And Dr. Luke tells us he was breathing out threatenings and slaughter against Christians. And we see him in Acts chapter 9 as he's on his way to Damascus. And he's got letters from the high priest. 
And those letters give Saul the authority as he comes to the city of Damascus. If he finds any Christians there, he can take them and bind them and put them in chains and take them as prisoners and bring them back to Jerusalem. Well, something happened to Saul on the way to Damascus that day. A great light shone round about him and he came face to face with Jesus Christ. When that light shone around him, that persecutor fell to his knees. And he heard a voice. He didn't see anybody, but he heard a voice that said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And you know what he said? He immediately said, Who art thou, Lord? And the answer came, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. You know what the next thing out of Saul's mouth was? What wilt thou have me to do, Lord? Saul was told to go into the city and go to a house on Straight Street. He was blind. He had to be led there. And he was to go to that house and he was to wait for a preacher by the name of Ananias to come to him. Well, Ananias the preacher came. And when Ananias the preacher came, he said, Brother Saul, why tarriest thou arise and be baptized and wash away your sins? And what Saul says is that he says to King Agrippa as he makes his defense before Agrippa, he said, I was not disobedient to that heavenly vision. And that's how Saul the persecutor became Paul the preacher. What changed? What brought about that great change in his life? And more than that, can I be changed? Can, you, can we be changed the same way that he was changed? And the answer to that question is a very emphatic, very definitive yes. You see, Saul was transformed. Because he had a dynamic encounter with Jesus. The most important thing that ever happened to Saul of Tarsus was the fact that he came face to face with Jesus. And that's true of any of us. Our most wonderful experience in life is when we meet the Lord. It was that same way to the young prophet Isaiah that we read about in Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah goes to the temple. And he goes to the temple in despondency and sorrow. And when he gets there, he has a transforming encounter. And it changed that purposeless young man into one of God's greatest men of all time. And describing the encounter, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And that wasn't the end of his experience. It didn't end until the Lord said, Whom shall I send and who will go for me? And Isaiah said, Here am I. Send me. But the whole experience for Isaiah began when Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. That's when it all started. Write this down. It's on the final exam. No man or woman on the top side of God's green earth today can ever be the same after they meet Jesus. There's the possibility they might be immeasurably worse. There's the possibility they might be immeasurably better. But they'll never be the same. 
Saul of Tarsus was never the same. Because when he met Jesus that day, that was the beginning of a new life for him. And it was so important that it became the basis and the theme of everything that he wrote and of everything that he preached. You see, Paul knew. Paul knew that Jesus had transformed him, the chief of sinners. And he also knew that Jesus would transform anyone that would obey His will. In later years, he tells the story of his encounter to King Agrippa, and it's in Acts 26. And I'm going to begin reading from verse 13, and our text is included in that. At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them that journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive a, the forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. That encounter. That encounter on the dusty road toward Damascus from Jerusalem. It changed the life of Saul of Tarsus. Jesus Christ came to Saul on that road. He came to Isaiah in the temple. He came to Matthew the publican when he was on his job at the seat of customs. He comes to us through His Word. And if we'll obey Him and live His kind of life, our lives will be transformed. You see, Saul's life was transformed because he was willing to make a total, complete surrender to Jesus Christ. An unconditional surrender to Jesus. You know, maybe, just maybe, that's the reason that a lot of us in our world today don't have much of Christ and we don't have much of the Spirit of Christ in us. We've never made a total surrender. If we're going to achieve the best results in life, we have to totally surrender our stubborn human will to the will of Jesus. Is it easy? Oh, no, it's not easy. Nobody ever said it would be easy. If anybody ever tells you it's easy, don't buy a used car from them because they'll lie to you. But it's essential that my stubborn will be yielded to the will of Jesus. And when any individual 
makes that a total commitment. A transformation is going to take place. A transformation that is almost totally unbelievable. A total surrender to Jesus will transform an individual into a radiant and dynamic person. That's what happened to Paul. And that's what will happen in our lives too. We have not yet dreamed of what God could do with us if we're willing to place ourselves unreservedly in God's hands. And it yet remains to be seen in our lifetime what one man or one woman totally committed to Jesus Christ could actually accomplish. Jesus spoke to Saul. And He said to Saul, He said, Arise and stand on your feet. Can you see Him? Can you see Him by an eye of faith? He's fallen face down in the dust on that road as He travels to Damascus. And Jesus says, Rise up. And you go into the city. You go to the house of Judas on a street called Straight. And the Lord said, I have appeared unto you. And the purpose of my appearing is I'm going to make you a minister and a witness. You're going to open the eyes of those you come in contact with. And those you come in contact with, you're going to deliver them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to the power of God. I want you to use your sanctified imagination. And I want you to see this blind Pharisee named Saul as he lays his hand on another man's shoulder. He's blind. And this man he lays his shoulder on has to lead him to the house in the city where he's waiting for the preacher to come. And just in that same way that Saul laid his hand on that other man, he placed his hand in the hand of Jesus. And when he placed his hand in the nail-scarred hand of Jesus, from that day forward, Saul of Tarsus was led by the Lord and became Paul the preacher. Oh, there were times that path was steep and it was rocky. And there were times it was dangerous and difficult. But Paul determined that he was going to follow Jesus. He made up his mind in the words of the song, where He leads me, I will follow. I'll go with Him. I'll go with Him all the way. Paul was obedient to the will of God. And Paul was obedient to the law of God. And if we would follow Jesus, we've got to be obedient to Him. We've got to be obedient to His love. We've got to be obedient to His will. And if we do that, and we live His kind of life, Jesus is going to do for us just exactly what He did for Paul. It's amazing what Jesus can do with that man or that woman that's obedient to Him. Now that maturing process, that maturing in Christ with Paul, it didn't happen all at once. It was a process. And it took years and years and years for it to develop. And yet over time, 
Saul the persecutor, who became Paul the preacher, grew into greatness. Remember what he wrote to the churches of Galatia in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9? He said, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. In that particular passage right there, in those few words, Paul is revealing one of the secrets of his great life. You know what it was? He refused to quit. He kept going when others had fallen aside. He realized it wasn't about him. It wasn't about his desires. It wasn't about what he wanted. It was about Jesus. And it was about His work. And what was best for the spread of the gospel. And He continued to grow in maturity. He continued to find new understanding and new meaning in the Christian faith. This was the apostle who had admonished us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know why? Because Paul found that to be essential. You see, following Jesus and being a Christian, that involves an everyday renewal of our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's getting up every morning and starting each day walking with Jesus. That's what Paul did. He grew great because of his continuing fellowship with the living Christ. It's amazing. The transformation that can take place and what God can do with that man or woman that's willing to submit to Him. And in that same way, just as God transformed the life of Saul of Tarsus, our lives can be transformed also. It all begins when in simple trusting faith we submit our will to the will of Jesus Christ and become a Christian. When we in simple trusting faith, repenting of everything that's sin in our lives, confess the name of Christ and are buried in baptism for the remission of past sins, just like Saul was, that's when it all begins. And if you haven't done that, I'd ask you to do it before you leave this building today. But then maybe... Just maybe. You did that once upon a time. But over the years, your stubborn will has crowded out the will of Jesus. Maybe through the years you thought it was all about you and not about the Lord. Let's be standing together this morning.